What's up tribe? Today we're continuing the discussion about running for fat loss and we're going to be talking about advanced programming methods. Most people are training too repetitively to uh, after the preparation phase to get a really good result without hurting themselves. Let's go a little bit deeper into that today. What's up everyone? Across the table, you just heard from Rad Bormeister. Next to me is the effervescent Phil White. And behind the camera is Richie. <laughs> Together we are Unity Gym. I'm, of course, Yanni Bormeister. If you want to know how we turn driven people into superhumans, you can download our blueprints from the description if you're on the podcast or on YouTube, or you can go to our website for everyone else. They're there. They're amazing. And they will teach you lots, hopefully. How is everyone? Bubbly. Yeah, Bubbly. like a Baraka tablet today, effervescent. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, that's a new one, eh? Yeah, it's good. That's I'm enjoying every, uh, every new additive. Always, always enjoyable. But yeah, happy to be back talking about running. Passion project of mine, so Yeah, we, we lined up a good show for Phil today. This is an mm. absolute cracker. We usually have three talking points for these shows, but today we've got four. Boom. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I just realized that. Yeah. This yeah. is definitely going to break the matrix. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So we've got a lot, we've got a lot to get through and uh, we want to, we want to first ask the question of the day and maybe uh, someone can type this in for me. I want to know um, those of you out there who are avid runners, who are a little bit more experienced beyond the beginner level. I want to know how you're um, varying your running program. Uh, give us your favorite sort of program variables. Do you just go for distance runs, steady state cardio all the time? Do you try to tip into your anaerobic system, energy system? Do you use intervals? Do you use hills? Do you use undulations? Uh, what do you do to increase your fitness and get um, and and sort of solve the diminishing returns problem once you get super fit? That's a it's a long question today to type out. Today, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. What 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 program variables are you using to gain fitness beyond beginner level? All right, put it up. So you guys hey, legend. Oh, stop what it. What can't he do? Oh, look at Richie. Nice. Look at him go. Yeah, so if you're on the live stream, guys, uh, and you are a runner, we want to hear from you. We want to know and uh, share your experiences with us. Even if you're not super experienced, share your experiences with running if you've ever sustained an injury or a running injury or yeah. anything like that. I think that. so. It's such a good thing to talk about. It is something that I've done so poorly in the past um, and yeah. come a long way in in changing. Um, and I did kind of give a bit of a, a backstory of this when I was playing yeah, Ultimate Frisbee competitive for 11 years. Like our training used to be, um, yeah, run 5Ks, as fast as you can every time and i remember there was a couple of like years ago there's this guy who played for one of the newcastle teams named chili and he was like he's the closest thing to a human puppy i've ever seen where like he just loved frisbee because he would just like throw it as far as he can he chase after it and he throw it back as far as he can chase after it again and yeah he's he's seriously been like was, had been doing the same running routine of like run 5ks three days a week as fast as he can trying to beat his pb every single time it's like oh my god what like what a miserable <laughs> a thing to do like because yeah. it's just so like <laughs> you're never gonna win because like, yeah. you just keep pushing yourself every single time and sure enough yeah injury struck and it yeah didn't end too I, I think that that's a, an issue <laughs> that a lot of people have uh with with training in general um you know d definitely it took me a long time to understand that that is not a great way to train where every single training session is this idea that you should match or beat the best thing that you can do and you know you, you do these kind of ramp loadings and these periodization cycles and that it's actually a, a really good 
thing to do where some of the training sessions that you do are intended to be at a, at a lower intensity than what you did before. Yeah, but it's, it's often like one of those, it, it's so easy to see how it happens because like oh, yeah. when you start off, you don't have heaps of knowledge and so you, and you're like, often it takes a bit of like, you know, motivation to get started on this sort of new habit. And so you're like, oh, what can I like kind of lock onto here and getting a PB is like quite a motivating thing. So you're like, sweet, okay, that's my motivation. I'm going to try and get that each time. And so you kind of fall into this trap where you like the reason you got running is like, oh, that's all I've kind of, all I know about. So I'm just going to try and keep beating this thing, keep beating this thing. And it's only when you start adding in these different program variables, understanding like the bigger picture and start thinking about how it fits into the rest of your life and then program appropriately that you can start to bring in those other motivating factors. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just a... And it's funny because the... the, the knowledge is power. The further we go down this road in our professions, I'm, I'm talking about the four people in this room here being in the fitness industry, um, and the more people that we speak to that are at an elite level in their area of the fitness industry, so for example, Joachim with flexibility recently and Bass with powerlifting recently, something that is a recurring theme is that these experts are telling us that they do less to achieve more. Like Joachim is all about more recovery for stretching and Bass is talking about the way that he trains now compared to the way that he trained 10 years ago. There's so much more recovery and it's not about just doing max lifts all the time and he's lifting like so much more than he's ever lifted before, you know? I um, don't know, here's the thing though, it's very easy to, to, to and I'm not <coughs> saying that it's right or wrong, I, I genuinely don't know the answer, but what I do know for sure is that to get to an elite level is a lot of work and to maintain it and make improvements there, you have to, the training changes, you know, over oh, yeah. time. Like setting the, you know, when you're not super strong and you're not squatting 400 kilos, you have to do more volume, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. You obviously have to do more volume at 200 kilos than you do at 400 kilos, and, mm -hmm. and, and you have to do more volume at 100 kilos than you have to do at 200 kilos. So it's this forever <coughs> sort of changing goalpost, I think, as your uh, um, level of uh, experience evolves. And yeah. so... But all, know, all those do come down to, like, the reason why rest is so important is because you are pushing yourself to an intensity that gets a change instead of kind of getting, if you're never recovering, you're never able to push yourself to the point where you're going to get adaptation. And if you yeah. do, you're probably going to break down and, and get an injury because of it. Yeah. So. so just very quickly before we go further, I want to paint a bit of a picture because this is very common. We've all got friends like this. Uh, I'm, I'm not quite at this level with running yet, but I do know a lot of people who are. The typical journey of a runner is very intoxicating. Once you break beyond the beginner level, which we spoke about yesterday, where you've done your preparation phase, where you've started to tidy up your nutrition to a level that supports your goals with running and things like that, and you start to experience a heightened state of fitness and uh, physical preparedness, you often feel like you can run forever. And at that point, you know, your body becomes much more um, efficient at metabolizing fat. So it's a little bit, so, um, so essentially losing weight becomes uh, just a matter of running a little bit more regularly and running a little bit further. And most people, that's what they do. They just go, okay, well, I've got an hour today or I've got two hours today, so I'm gonna go for an hour run or a two hour run. And there's not a lot of logic put behind it. They just run for as long as the time permits. And then they start to do it as often as the time permits. And you start to get more and more diminishing returns in fitness and in body composition improvement from your runs because your body adapts more and more and more to steady state running. And so you do it more and more frequently to get the same results. And at the end of a year or so, you know, not so many people I know, I talk to them and they say, oh, I'm just loving my running. I'm running seven days a week now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
oh my god like what mm. variability is in, in in that do you just do the same yeah i've got this amazing run i do around the foreshore and then i cut across the bridge and it's about 16 kilometers and it's just so good and i love it and it takes mm. me two hours and and they do the same thing over mm. and over and over and over and over again and then a year or two later i they've put on 30 kilos and i'm like what the hell happened oh man i got so many injuries or you know you, at, at some point you get such diminishing returns that it doesn't is not as motivating anymore. Uh, you, you you and then a very a very another very common problem is that you get extremely annoying overuse injuries. You know, in the knees, the hips, the ankles, shin splints, Achilles strains, things like that, uh, because of the uh, a lack of variability and too much consistency. You know, too much frequency, too much repetitive running. And that's what we want to sort of talk about today because it's a... Yeah, it's that bucket and, ta uh, bucket and tap analogy that I use for that load and capacity issue where, yeah, if you've gone from, from not running to then having, which your bucket is going to be a certain size, so your capacity for your structures to handle running are going to be quite small. And then if you start just turning that tap on and turning that tap on until you're running seven days a week, then you can see that bucket's going to have a really hard time dealing with it. And that's where people usually go wrong with starting a running program is just being like, okay, I've got motivation to run, so now... All I'm going to do is run. Yep. And it's so key to think, how am I going to build this bucket? I'm going to do it by getting by running a little bit, but I'm also going to get it by strengthening yep. and technique as well. Yep. And there's so many variables that you can start to play with at this point. You know, the problem is if you go to the point where you're experiencing overuse injuries, the thought of doing hill sprints on a strained Achilles becomes just impossible. And so that person just thinks, okay, all I can do is just do my run that I know because I can manage the pain at that run and that consistency and this and that and they sort of don't break out of the the you know that that, that repetitive nature you know and don't get me wrong like I, I i think running can become like any exercise when you start to get really good at it it becomes quite addictive you know Definitely. because you feel incredible when you do it and you feel awful when you don't do it you know uh, but today we want to talk about how you can start creating a bit of variability in your programming to avoid that repetitive uh, nature and also to really level up your fitness, go beyond the sort of uh, um, above average level, you know. It's a beast of a thing, this fitness thing, isn't it? It's, it's really unfair that there's so much, you know, thought and preparation and stuff that has to go into it to stop yourself from getting injured. Like you should be able to just make that decision one day that you're going to start exercising and yeah. then just doing the thing is enough to get it done. It's just, it's just so unfair that all this rubbish happens you know, <laughs> to our bodies <laughs> I, look, I look at it like this because injuries are, are something that it's just so unavoidable throughout life but i much prefer to inflict them on myself as opposed to have lifestyle do it for me totally you know yeah. because it's yeah. manageable when you do it yourself if you get injured if you get shin splints <laughs> or runner's knee from running too much you know that the variable that caused it whereas when you wake up one day and your back hurts oh, and you you've got too. no answer to it it's like it's oh well i'll change my mattress i'll go and spend four grand on a new mattress. I went through this process, by the way. <laughs> go go and spend $4,000 on a new mattress and about $1,000 trying different pillows to get it right. And then the pain subsides for a few weeks and then it comes back with a vengeance. And then you go and spend thousands of dollars on treatment that just 
you know prevents the pain for a day or two or maybe a week it subsides and then comes back and you know you that is a horrible existence to be in totally. you know so let, let's jump into this because this is the, let's let phil really have a go at this because we've we've right. um we've stitched yeah. him up by we've stitched him up by not allowing him to be a part of two of these really good discussions so <laughs> uh, you know our first point here um phil um you know let's let you open up um for this one how to use distance intensity undulations and intervals to build a running program yeah i think the this is such a good uh thing to wrap your head around because just like in the gym where we um, you know, we've talked at length about different programming principles, about sets, reps, intensity, volume, rest, um, all those things. If you haven't heard, go back a few weeks and we did a really good discussion on this. And yeah, the way that people approach running is off like the equivalent of in the gym being like, all right, I can lift 40 kilos for five reps. And so you do five reps and then the next day in a bench press, for example, and then you come back and you bench press another like 40 kilos for five reps and then you keep doing it and then you're like, oh, okay, I can you know, do it a few more times now. And so you just keep bench pressing 40 kilos, as many reps as you can, as many reps as you can. And then like either you don't progress or you break. And that's kind of what people do with running where it's like, okay, I'm going to go out for a run. I'm going to do my same run. And I'm just going to like keep pushing it and go harder and harder, harder. Um, No variability in in what you're doing, no change in um, any of these factors. So I think it's so key to try and get that mindset into your, um, you know, your fitness training, your, so it can be running, but this also applies to swimming, cycling, um, you know, any, I don't know if you go to the elliptical machine on the gym, like think about how you can change um, your, the variabilities to get different responses. Because we've talked a lot about before about energy systems and how important um, the understanding of how different energy systems work in the body. Um, and so that what that means is like the glycolytic system, so the sugar burning system, the fat burning system, um, the immediate energy system, so the phosphocreatine system, um, and how all those work together. So if you only ever train one system, so that aerobic system going for a long run, you're going to get like a certain amount of change, and then that's going to plateau. But then if you say, you know, you're like, oh, I've been running a lot, maybe I'll like, you know, play some sport, and then you try and sprint, you play play a bit of beach volleyball on the beach, and suddenly like, you know, you do a few sprints back and forth. And you're absolutely cooked because your aerobic system is good, but your immediate energy system and your glycolytic system is not, so is not at all conditioned. Yep. So it's so important to understand that like there's all these different systems at play and you only get results if you train specifically for those things. Yep. So this is where it kind of comes back to goals again. So if you do have a spe- specific athletic pursuit, a sport that you're training for, think about what's involved in that sport and think about the systems you need to get that. So if you just want to be an ultra marathon runner, then, you know, long steady state stuff, fine. Uh, but that doesn't mean that um but with long distance stuff so personal story for me uh was last year or the year before i um did a trail half marathon so it was a off-road half marathon i did it with a really excellent um charity group here in um in australia called cantu uh it's also how i learned to swim but basically they get you ready for a specific goal event Um, and they take you through like 12 weeks of training for it and then the actual event as well. So I did a trail half marathon, which was in Bobbin Head, which is a very popular cycling spot because it's bloody hilly. So this this trail event was, yeah, 22 Ks of basically like (laughs) up and down, up and down, up and down uh, through the the bush. And trail running, as I've talked about before, is just like, if if you can do any type of running, like try trail running because it's just such a beautiful place to run, but I digress. Um, Anyway, (laughs) but the training for that, they take you through a... Um, like a systematic training and it didn't involve just hey let's go out and run like 22k's every week or as close to 22k's as you can what we did was on a Wednesday we'd go down to underneath the Harbour Bridge we'd do a um, a hill sprint like stairs and hill sprint session where it would be like you'd be 
absolutely gasping yeah, for air because they're like, yeah. it, you know, even though we're training for an event that takes about two hours to run, it was 45 minutes of absolutely go as hard as you can, sprint yeah, up these stairs. stairs. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's the worst and then it kind of becomes the best and then it becomes the worst again. Like well, there's there's, <laughs> um, there's another thing that's occurring there that I, w which I think is really important too is that once you start to do a, a lot of steady state and you're doing a fairly comfortable um, course that you're familiar with, you, you, you stop um, progressing your lactate buffering and your body's ability to push through that discomfort level and all that sort of thing, which if you ever get bum steered and, and thrown onto a different circuit or course that's much more, got much greater undulations or hills or something like that, you get found wanting because you, you, you haven't conditioned those, uh, the lactate systems and the, and the muscles ability to just push through that burn <coughs> that you experience when you start to peak the muscles out. Yeah. You know? And so this is what this, this stair session was all about because, you know, we knew our goal was run this bobbin head, uh, half marathon. And, and that was some of the steepest hills I've ever seen in my life. It was a joke. Um, but so they're like, you know, if you're just going to be running on the flat for like 20 K you're you're not going to get anywhere near it. So, it. That's right. Yeah, so we used the, um, you know, it was, it was stair sprints and then there was a, is that the one next to the, next to Lunar Park where it's yeah. like the set of stairs and yeah. then there's like the yeah. hill yeah. back up to, and I it's, know it well. oh yeah. So oh, it, it is. Down near the park behind yeah. the train tracks there. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yanni and I used to do that once a week. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's an absolute beast. Um, and yeah, so that was, and if you think about what that's doing is not only is it now training your immediate energy systems, it's also much more of a strength stimulus to, um, your body and your arms and your legs, yeah. uh, as well as a um, you know a fitness stimulus. So you're using those that glycolytic system, that sugar burning system, which is the same sort of system. We're more training when doing you know hard stuff, interval stuff in the gym, yeah. which means that we're going to have stronger legs. It means that the hills will be relatively easier, so that when you go out into steady state, now you're working at a relatively lower intensity than your max. So yeah. if you can train that max intensity, just like we do in the gym with weights. So if you you know go from bench pressing. 40 to 60 kilos, suddenly 40 will now be like, you know, only two thirds of your max weight. So you'll be able to do it for many more reps. So yep. you got to take exactly the same gym principles, put them into how you're thinking about your, your running yep. training. Yep. So just quickly to recap guys, uh, before we move on to the next point, which is starting to experiment with a bit of nutrition intervention. Uh, we want to get variability in your training program. Once you break beyond that beginner level and you have conditioned your body, you've done your preparation phase, all of the connective tissues, you've been doing nice, gentle, steady state, walking, running, uh, eventually you'll get that to jogging. Um, uh, and that conditioning phase can take a few months, you know, like you just really take it easy for a couple of months and do a build fairly your bucket. build your bucket. That's exactly <laughs> right. That uh, then from that point on, the, the better thing to do is not just to run all the time repetitively. The better thing to do is to start putting some variability in. And we love stair sprints. We love hill sprints. We love um, playing with different distances, you know, 50 meters at, at, as fast as you possibly can up a really steep hill is going to really test that immediate energy system. Whereas 200 meters on a flat grass is going to test a slightly different energy system, you know, and yeah. you, you can play with different variables like that and build programs. Uh, and, and then think about, yeah, think about the, like, if you are doing an event and events can be really just like a great motivator, um, try and think about what you'll need for that event. So, you know, if it's, if it is a flat race, um, then, you know, maybe it, the stair sprints aren't as directly related to it, but what you could do is on a, on your flat run, start doing, okay, I'm going to do like 15 seconds on 
45 seconds off so every minute you've got 15 seconds of sprint and then 45 seconds that will become very tiring very soon um, but you know you might draw that out but think about how you can add in this variation just so you, you're gonna actually get a um, yep. yeah yeah absolutely changes. and then from that point on I think the icing on the cake is uh, how you start to recover from your running uh, it, to start to bring a little bit of balance in and I know that this is the area that rad uh, would be you know chomping at the bit to try and encourage people to do running isn't the be all and end all of course and that like we're not even running experts here everything that i've learned from running has come from this series of books that's sitting in front of us law of running uh and it it, it basically at some point you've you've got to understand and i think from the very base level beginner level you've got to understand that there is a, a real need for a bit of balance so if you it, despite you wanting to be a, an elite level runner you should you should be including some strength and flexibility training into your routine you should be including some sort of a recovery routine uh and you, you need to make sure that you're, you're treating your running just like someone would treat a gym workout, you know, with that sort of variability, with that recovery, with that, um, uh, I guess, longevity in mind. Yeah. Uh, look, I, rec I, I, think, um, I think one of the biggest issues that, that people have when it comes to running is the specialization disease. And, you know, I, I suffered from it up until five years ago when I, I kind of feel like I had the veil lifted from my eyes when you know I defined myself as a martial artist and so I didn't do anything outside of martial arts. And I think a lot of, a lot of people that love running, uh, they define themselves as runners, like they say that's what they are. And the you know overuse injuries, I'm quoting Ido Portal here, but man, that dude has done a lot of research on this stuff. Ido, Ido's quote is, um, overuse injury is a specialist disease. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that comes from specialization. And if you just vary what you do, which, uh, you know, as Phil's talked about, you, you can vary the type of running you do within there. But, but then, yeah, you also need to do, do some different types of things as well with your time. And at the most basic level, it would be some stretching and strength training as well. Yep. Um, and if you and if you at least take that approach, I think that you're going to find that you. Yeah. And I'd really highlight the like strengthening over stretching because it's such a common thing. You see runners being like, oh, you know, my Achilles is really tight. It's really like, oh, I just know I haven't been doing enough stretching. Or you see the runners out there doing like hardcore, like you know, um, static hamstring stretches, just yep. like clearly in a, bu a bunch of discomfort. And they think, oh yeah, I just haven't been stretching enough. I just haven't been stretching enough. And I've had my rant about stretching being this magical cure all uh, that people seem to think is and it's so not the case uh, especially like in running it's it's very much a strength issue like people totally like run and run and run and run their capacity their capacity is not matched with load and therefore yeah. the muscles get stressed get spasmy get like tighten up to be protective and then people think oh just got to stretch my way out of this problem again and yeah. it's and it just does um, not work and we and, and that's a really good point because i should clarify that when i say stretching what i mean by stretching is often what not what people think stretching is like when i say stretching i mean things like loaded eccentrics um yeah. is loaded isometrics yeah. um yeah. you know a, a whole bunch of different stuff um whereas 
yeah, usually when runners say stretching, they think hold a stretch for 15 seconds yeah. and then do Look, the other I, side. I think the ultimate recovery program for a runner, for a runner who's running all the time, is that you would potentially, if you're running five days a week, I would probably drop to three days a week of running and then the other two days a week that you're exercising, I'd be in the gym doing a mix of strength and flexibility training. Yeah. And you, you wouldn't be doing it to break uh, records. You're no. doing it to condition your body, to hit yeah. it with a different stimulus, a different... Uh, a little bit of variability so that you're balancing the body out. And I guarantee yeah. you, by dropping those two days mm. of running, you're probably going to end up getting better results on the yeah. three days that yeah, you do run. Sure. You know, you're going to avoid serious for injury. Sure. You're going to uh, avoid annoying injury, you know, and or you'll have a greater chance of doing so. And yeah, you know, you, 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 your aim on those two days in the gym is to, you know, recover recover from running and, and prepare your body a little bit better for the running that's to come, you know? So you're not in the gym trying to break PBs. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to wipe yourself out for your running session, but you're just giving your body enough conditioning that your capacity will increase and you'll be able to Yeah, that's it. right. And you, you target the areas that are at most problematic for runners, ankles, knees, hips, you know, even even shoulders, like depending on oh, what mate. how good you are at running. I've, I've been very fortunate in my work as a massage therapist to work with like the, some of the best runners in Australia, like a, one guy's won the Australian marathon and then a bunch of ultra, ultra marathon runners. So they do like crazy stuff yeah. that I, I could go through it all because it fascinates me. But what my favorite is this lady and her friend who just for fun ran across Iceland. Like they didn't tell anyone about it. They didn't like went raising money. They just ran from the north to the south of Iceland, uh, which is like <laughs> some of the most rugged terrain in the world. Yeah. And they did it, uh, yeah, which is 570 Ks. And they just did it totally self-supported. Uh, mental yeah um, but yeah all of these runners have one thing in common and that's their hunched over their shoulders yeah. and so forth they run like this and yeah. one of the key things that I'd, I worked with a running coach down in Canberra for a while for my own running form because I had some funky technique stuff going on and fixing that made all the world a difference and one of the biggest things was about getting your um, kind of shoulders and your arms swing right and if you're <laughs> tucked in like this it becomes um, that can have real flow and effects as well to the rest of your life but yeah I'd be really keen before we finish to try and get to this little nutrition. Yeah, piece. Let the, the, this is this, the this is, is four points in a half. I know, I know. <laughs> this, this is probably well, we, it's, we're lucky. We haven't got anyone answering the question of the day, so we don't have to discuss that. So but we still Lee. theoretically have Thanks five so minutes highly. on this last point. Yeah. Uh, and this last point, I think, is is something that um, everyone should get to a point where they're doing. This is the 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 final frontier, I believe, in health, uh, which is nutritional experimentation to increase metabolic flexibility. And, uh, you know, just to um, sort of pre uh, preface this a little bit, Rad and myself are both quite, um, uh, we've experimented quite deep with um, intermittent fasting and time-restricted eating for this purpose. We even did a period last year or the year before where we were testing our blood ketone levels every day. We've got uh, the proper testing kits where you, you, you test your blood, not your urine. Uh, so, so it's a, a lot more accurate. Hell of a lot harder to get into ketosis than what a lot of people seem to yeah, think. Yeah, that's and right. It wasn't, wasn't easy. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and it was a lot easier for Rad to, than myself in, in the end, you know? Like we'd do a, the same fast on the same nutrition and he'd have higher blood ketones than me when we tested the blood. So, you know, yeah, very frustrating. Superior <laughs> genetics. <laughs> <rather>. Superior in every way. <laughs> uh, but this is something that I think it can really, really take you beyond. So why don't you share yesterday's story with you and Alex again, just very quickly to give some context on what it means to Tuesdays, be yep. more metabolically flexible. Yeah, so basically the idea of uh, 
like my mate Alex and I went for a big uh, well, it wasn't even a big cycle. It was around 50, <laughs> was 60, yeah, 60Ks. <laughs> and he based, he actually, he did he did collapse. He collapsed on the, we'd got like 45Ks in. We'd done some serious hills. But Alex he, Allen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, he fell like into the grass and was like, ah, he's like cramping on both sides. And he, he the only way he could kind of fix the, help the cramp, he's, I was like, oh, what do you want me to do? And he's like, oh, just keep cycling my legs. I'm like, mate, you've just been cycling. Like, yeah. He's like on, the, on his back, like cycling. His, I'm there like holding his feet, trying to keep his legs cycling. Anyway, so he totally, this is a guy who's very, you know, strong. He does CrossFit. Strong, he does yeah. like serious lifting, but he wasn't adapted to long distance hilly cycling. And particularly he wasn't metabolically adapted. And so what I mean by that is, yeah, I left, I, didn't, I had a black coffee and then went off on the ride and he was like, slamming down some protein bars and um and a couple of pieces of fruit and then by the time we'd got maybe like 20 k's hilly k's but he was like i am desperate for some food like i didn't get to eat a proper breakfast i'm like mate you just had like <laughs> so many <laughs> you're going on a black coffee yeah <laughs> yeah and so he's like oh please i, I can't go on much longer and i was like okay and all right so we went to this like <laughs> we went to this like beautiful fruit shop and got some some nice stuff and like and then and then 20 minutes later, like, or 20 Ks later again, he was like, oh, when's, like, when's lunch? And I was like, what? <laughs> but yeah, basically it, it, it's something that I've done is like when I cycle to work here, which is like 13 hilly Ks each way. Um, yeah, I just have a black coffee, I get riding. But um, I've been doing a lot of intermittent fasting for years and I've, I've trained my body to run quite well uh, fasted on, on whenever I do any cardio exercise, it's almost always fasted. Yeah. And that... The, and when we talked about energy systems before, the glycolytic system, the, anaer- um, the aerobic system, so your fat burning system, your sugar burning system, basically, yeah, you need to give your body time to adapt to that. And being able to run fasted means that you're going to be using much more of your fat burning system. So if you, you can try and think like we've been talking about with everything else, like start exposing your body to being able to manage that system. Because if you start off and you go too hard, you'll be like Alex, where you'll be a Heap yeah, on the floor. You feel, and this is often one of the reasons why an overweight person who starts an exercise regime gets very sick initially when they exercise because their body is and, and they just they can't even move into that fat metabolization stage uh, because they're just not very efficient now there's a caveat to this which people seem to get very confused on which is that okay well if i shift to an all fat and protein diet like the atkins diet or a uh, a ketogenic diet, then I'm going to lose more weight. And the problem with that is that the more you eat of one type of um, uh, macronutrient, the more efficient you become at metabolizing that and using that as fuel. So if you are raised on carbohydrates, which most of us are, we eat breakfast cereals and toast and things like that all the time, and lots and lots of bread and lots and lots of carbs, then we become really efficient at using that as our primary fuel source and vice versa. If you switch to a fat diet, high fat diet, then over time you become very efficient at using that as your primary fuel source. It doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to get skinnier, you know. What you have to do is test both. You have to become what's referred to as metabolically flexible. So you have days of the week where you're consuming predominantly fats and you have days of the week where you're consuming predominantly carbohydrate. Uh, The best thing to do is to mix it up and to be metabolically flexible so that when you do go on a ride in a and, and then also to to um, practice fasting, yeah. you know, one of and the it, it one helps with not only your fitness but also like your mood because yeah. people who are so tied to tethered kind of to the food. tethered to the like, the riding the wave of the glycolytic system, like you'll you know 
when I used to have like a breakfast cereal in the morning when I was a kid, like I would be grumpy by like yeah, <laughs> ten thirty, and then 100%. I'd be like fading by hundred you know. percent. And that's the thing that I've found the most empowering about experimentation with fasting, different types of fasting protocols. And a lot of people sort of get it a bit confused. Most of you, most of us, are just doing time restricted eating. Um, fasting, intermittent fasting, is abstinence from food for twenty four or more hours, um, and most people don't do that. Uh, but when we do even a 16-8 time-restricted eating regime, we, we, we become very untethered from food very quickly after a, a short adaptation period, which for some people is only a few days, for some people it might be a week or two you untether from food and you don't end up experiencing those wild waves of um, nausea, cold sweats, mood swings, um, hunger pains, all that sort of stuff. It just goes. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, the most empowering thing. I can comfortably exercise after a 24-hour fast. Like, I, I can comfortably... I, I've, um, the, the longest I've fasted is 72 hours and I, it didn't interfere with my exercise whatsoever. And uh, I've, I've got a, a client here who um, fills now training who PB'd on the deadlift after a five-day fast. That's Neil. Mm. You know, uh, it, it, like there's a lot of proof to indicate that once you go get through that adaptation period, you know, you can do uh, incredible things on a fasted state. Your body, uh, if we were designed to need to eat every few hours, we would never have evolved to where we are today. Okay, that's just simple fact. We would never have survived. Yep. Humans can go for days on end without food, you know, yep. and still chase down an animal and, and, and kill it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Just quick medical caveat, if you do have blood sugar issues like diabetes or anything where you really need to manage blood sugar tightly, definitely and with all this stuff, you know, consult a medical professional before you. Yeah, do it with the do it with the um with yeah. the support of your doctor. But yeah, and with all of this stuff, like this, you know, this all <coughs> is about adaptation. So Yanni got to that point after, you know, starting small with like the sixteen eight and then building up to sort of the three day stuff. So um yeah, slowly like work your way into it and don't go like health leather like knock yourself out and then think, oh, it's not for me. Like yep. you've just got to gradually expose yourself to any, everything yeah. like this. And I think a really great kind of running example before we just quickly wrap this up is um, Zach Bitter, who's a um, Z-A-C-H-B-I-T-T-E-R for those playing at home. Uh, he's an ultra marathon runner in the US and he, yeah, has the American, in 2015, he had the US record for the 100 mile um, running world championships where you're basically running around a track like 400 times or something yep. insane. Uh, yeah, and he's completely ketogenic, so zero carbs, you know, none of that kind of classic old school carb loading, you know, yep. a whole bunch of pasta the night before. Like this guy did, yeah, this like world record level ultra marathon on basically zero carbs because he's become so well fat adapted that, that becomes a really super efficient fuel source so that when you're running, yeah, 100 miles, like now you're, you're using your fat stores to fuel you. So it's a really interesting kind of case study of how, yeah, people have now been shifting back to more of this, uh, yeah. you know, primal way of, uh, of eating. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So. That's right. All right, guys. Well, look, that's about all we got time for today. What I'm going to do, we, we always do a, a weekend flash sale, which will start tomorrow. I'm going to make sure that we bundle it with our nutrition program because the nutrition program is an introduction to this concept. It's a We have a progressive nutrition program that we provide our guys here, which helps introduce uh, things like time-restricted eating, uh, things like um, carb deloads, working to towards better metabolic flexibility is the goal for the nutrition program. It's not a specific one-size-fits-all diet. We're not. I'm not a big fan of diets. I'm just a fan of experimenting and, and finding what works for you. But along the way, working towards a goal of becoming more metabolically flexible.
So whatever we do tomorrow, I'm going to make sure that the guys bundle that nutrition program in with the flash sale. If you want to grab it, grab it and take a look at it and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. We're going to be talking about running injuries tomorrow. Phil's going to be on the show uh, and it's going to be a, uh, a good one because we're going to be talking about how to avoid common running injuries. We gave you a little bit of a hint today. Um, other than that, yeah. Good times, noodle soup. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.